Chris Hipkins is with us. Very good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. You got any polling out today that you know about? Uh, no, but I, I'm aware TVNZ normally have a poll on the you know the night of their first debate. I don't know I don't know what it is yet, but I know that it'll be out later on today. Is it good or bad? Do you think what's the, what's in your water given what you've been seeing around the country? I, I would say that we've still got a way to go. You know, there's still a lot of undecided vote out there, but clearly we're not polling where we need to be to win the election. So where do you need to be? Oh, we clearly need to. I think at least. What's your winning uh, number? Do you reckon? I think we need to at least be drawing even with the National Party, and so forty. That's, that's that's well. I mean, it's an MMP election, and the smaller parties are doing better this election than they've done previously. And so, uh, you know, but we'd need to certainly need to be higher yeah, than we were at. You need to be high 30s. Yeah, absolutely. Your polling's got your high 20s? Uh, we generally don't. We generally low, don't. Low, low no, we generally don't release just, it. But no, my... no, certainly not in the low 20s. We're certainly in the uh, high, high 20s to early 30s. How worried about tonight are you, given it's yours to lose? Um, I wouldn't go that far, Mike. I would say that you know these leaders' debates. You've 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 run a few of them. Um, they are often more difficult for incumbent prime ministers um, than leaders of the opposition. But um, I'm looking forward to the debate because we actually don't get much time in these election campaigns to talk about issues. And the leaders' debates are one of the times when you actually get to explore issues in a bit more depth. Can you defend your record? Um, I believe I can. Yeah. Comfortably? Uh, look, there, Happily? There, there's been, it's been a challenging six years, but I, I believe that we've achieved a lot in that time. See, one of the parts of the problem with the campaign, there's a lot of people telling me apathy at the moment. See, I interviewed Jan Tanetti yesterday about that breast screening thing. I mean, what a disgrace. You promised it six years ago. It cost $48 million. You didn't do anything about it. And then all of a sudden in 2023, oh, look, look what we can achieve. As I've indicated, there there are certainly areas where we've still got more work to be done. We've had a we've had a lot of challenges thrown at us over the last six years, and yeah, sure, it has delayed us being able to do some of the things that we set out to do six years ago. But what it says is something you promised in 2017 couldn't deliver until 2023, and we still don't even know whether you will deliver it. You couldn't find 48 million dollars. That tells you about the priority you placed on that particular area of health, doesn't it? What I have said in this election is that I'm, as Prime Minister, I've only been a Prime Minister for eight months, I'm putting forward a range of um, commitments to the electorate that I believe we can deliver on. It's a much more modest range of commitments than yeah. we've put forward in previous elections, but they are ones that That's I'm... That's sort that of I, what makes it embarrassing, isn't it? But they are, they are ones that I will absolutely stand beside and say we will absolutely deliver them. Explain to me Kerry Allen comes to Cabinet with an idea that you no longer fund gangs. And you guys go, no, Kerry, we want to fund some gangs some more because we like gangs. How does that work? So what the proposal was was to say that no government department or agency could contract with any organisation that involved a gang member. The reality of that is when we looked into what that would mean, it would mean stopping some of the most effective drug and alcohol treatment programs that we have now that were actually funded and launched under the national government. And we've got John Key, Paula Bennett and Tolly on record as saying they're good programs. We would have to stop those. Also, there are some practical implications. So if the police wanted to contract a tow truck company, for example, they would have to make sure that there were no gang members involved in the tow truck company. That would actually make it quite difficult to tow cars for the police. So there were practical implications that indicated so it just def- wouldn't So you defend it? You're happy to defend it? I, I don't want us to be doing business with the gangs unless we absolutely have to, but I also don't want to cut programmes that are working. You sound like you're over a barrel. Camp- so you fund them, they campaign on your behalf. That's not a good look. If you look at some of the programmes, there's programmes in there to get women and children out of gangs that involve people who have been in gangs before. Mm. Um, I don't want to cut those programmes just simply because there are people who have previously been involved in gangs running them. How many criminals do you reckon you 
fund in that sense. Because what you're saying on one side of the equation, you can peddle your meth and make it and ru ruin and destroy lives. But if you front up on the other side, we'll give you some government money as long as you look like you're doing a good thing for us. Where gangs are engaged in criminal activity, the police are absolutely tracking that down. They've got record numbers of prosecutions against gangs at the moment. I've got no time for the gangs, but I don't want to cut programs. that Many, many of which were put in place during the key English government mm. that are actually working. I don't want to cut those um, just w without a good base for doing that. Fadakura, who's this bloke on the run at the moment with a big face tattoo uh, charged with murder, and this will come up tonight as well. How do you explain that you're in charge of a justice system with a bloke who gets charged with murder, gets a bracelet to go and then abuse that privilege and is on the run. How does that work in this country? So to be clear, the, the policies or the current approach around around you know electronic monitoring was put in place under the last national government. We've not changed that. It's not an excuse. I'm, I'm, I am concerned about the number of violent offenders that we're seeing on um, you know electronic monitoring at home. And I do think in the next parliament that's something that we need to look closely How? at. How? Well, we need to look closely at what, whether, whether there should be greater restrictions on who can be placed on electronic what monitoring. What do you think there should be? Um, I'm concerned about the number of violent Are you concerned offenders. or are you going to do something about it? Well, in the next parliament, we'll have a good look at it. Absolutely. You'll just look at it? Well, see, that's one of the generally problems we'll with the look last six years. You've had a look and you've had a thinking, you've had a committee and you've had a working group. No, if we're and nothing happens. And the next thing you know, you've got a guy called Fadakura who's got an ankle bracelet on the run from the police charged with murder. If we're going to have a look at it, it means that we think that there's there may well be you know justification for changes. Do here. judges hide behind the Sentencing Act? Um, look, I'm, I'm, as you know, Prime Ministers shouldn't criticise the judiciary and I don't intend to start to do that It's now. just a simple question. Do you reckon they do? I mean, there's something profoundly wrong in this country when you've got so many people on ankle bracelets, some of which go out and get a gun and shoot and kill people, and then another bloke who's charged with murder can go home with an ankle bracelet. It seems, just as a voter, just as a regular New Zealander, the wackiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, and as I said, I mean, I've been in this job only, you know, not eight months now, and I am concerned about the number of violent offenders we're seeing on home detention. That is something that I want to have a look at. Deborah Rhodes, have you had a look at her overnight? I ha well, I have indeed, yes. And? Uh, she's indicated that she has changed her mind from a position that she held several years ago. She's seen more evidence. She's changed her position. I accept that. Did you know that or did the party know that when she got selected? Um, I, I don't believe it was discussed during the selection Is there process. too much time being spent by the media on wacky candidates and not enough on the serious issues? Um, I, I would argue that you know that that is a feature of election campaigns, and as I indicated at the start of this interview, I'm looking forward to the leaders' debate tonight because I hope that we will get to talk about the more substantive issues that I think do matter. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got you know climate change, we've got um, whether or not the government can balance the books. You know, these are these are things. Well, that you, are going well to you can't. Well, we've the national party, we've, the national we've party, they're not can't. the government. You are. Well, well no, so but they and, want and to and be talking about whether the government can balance the books. The answer is you can't. You well, haven't, and you're not. No, but we are. And the, you the pre-election pre fiscal. The pre every the pre every time the prefu comes out, it gets knocked out the, another year. The pre-election update shows that we have taken the right steps that we needed to to get the books back into surplus. The National Party are proposing these massive billions of dollars of unaffordable tax cuts that yeah, would, that, that would that, undoubtedly le le leave us in deficits. That's not coming, massive that's not coming from debt. The problem with the preview prefu you've got is if you if you've seen the Institute of Economic Research figures this morning, I haven't seen every. They're, 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 they're going against what Treasury says. They say inflation's stickier. It's lasting longer, your exports are in trouble, the spending's in trouble, everything's in trouble. We're going into a double-dip recession. Well, we'll see from Stats New Zealand, you know, in the, I think it's tomorrow, no, Thursday. on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, Stats yeah, are out on Thursday. That's Q2. But we will see the actual results yeah, rather than Q, the projections. It's Q2. There'll be a bounce in that. There'll be a figure between 0.4 and 0.6. Q3, Q4. Q3 is where we are at the moment. Q4, that's the double-dip recession period. That's where it's all gone ugly.
Uh, look, the Treasury is indicating economic growth of about 1.3% in the current year. Um, if you look at the bounce back from the global pandemic, New Zealand's economy bounced back and grew faster than Australia, the US, the UK and the Eurozone. Um, those countries are catching up a bit now. Problem but- is, we were in recession, they weren't. Well, we'll find out that on Thursday. No, we're in recession as we sit here this morning. We've been in recession. They haven't. Well, Name me a single country in the world that we trade with regularly that's been in recession. You're like very us. confident in your predictions, Mike. No, but, Q2, um, Q2 but, will rise. But, but Q4 and Q1, I know, was a recession. We were in recession. Name me a single country in, this, in, the, in the world that we trade with well, we, that's been you, in recession. If you look at those first quarter figures, they were affected by the cyclone and the flooding in Auckland. Um, I can't control the weather. Good, good luck tonight. Thanks. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.